and welcome back to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown. I am your co-host here at The Haunting Hour and joined as always alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, how we doing? It's Sunday afternoon. How are you feeling? I feel great. Feel great? Feeling good. Even after last night? Yeah, I was, I was just a little tired this morning. Nice. So me and Tyler went to um, kind of a spur of the moment Halloween party last night and it was literally a banging party. It was so much fun. Yeah, I um, I got drunk. I got drunk really quickly last night. It was the tequila shots that did me in. Yeah, it was. I was hurting this morning when I got up. <laughs> I can tell you that much. If uh, Casamigos wanted to sponsor us, I would say no. Yeah, me neither. Say, Mm-mm, like, I'm you good. Know what? But thank you for the uh, the kind offer. Yeah, I don't want your money. I don't want your tequila. I don't want your advertising or marketing. I don't want anything to do with you. No, absolutely not. But it was a good party. Um, Tyler went as a scarecrow. He looks super. You guys probably saw it if you follow us on Instagram. Um, we played some really fun drinking games. I was Sebastian Castellanos from The Evil Within 2. I uh, beat Ryan in... I'm not even sure what that game's called. Yeah. It's like uh, a 1v1 flip cup where... Alex found it on TikTok. Yeah. Um, the one good thing about TikTok. Yeah, she found that game and she sent it to me and I was like, um, we're playing this because this looks f***ing awesome. It was so fun. So what you have to do is like, it's you head v, like 1v1 against a person and then you, you both have cups on the opposite ends of the table. Then you start flipping them and once you flip the cup, there are five like knives or five dividers in the middle of the table with one shot. And once you flip the cup, you get to advance one like square towards your opponent. And every time you get a flip, it goes back and forth, back and forth. You're moving the shot glass. And whoever gets to the end of like the dividers first, that person has to take the shot. <laughs> I lost twice, so. And you did at least two shots. Oh, at least. How no. many shots did you end up doing last night? At least four. I, I had four and then we started funneling. And then after the funnel, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did four and I was like, you know when you go to the bathroom and you're like. What are you, what are you yourself yeah, you're, It's like you're on like, you're in uh, like on a ship. Yes, yeah, it's just like, oh like left and right, but you're also feeling really good. Yeah, and you're like, this is this is pretty good. I'm right feeling now. good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's um, I felt like that around nine thirty, and we partied till at least two. Oh, at least two, yeah. But Alex did a really good job decorating her apartment too. Yeah, like it was pretty freaking sick. It was a really cool apartment. Yeah. But anyways, also happy pre Halloween weekend. That's right. We go. We we're, have less than a week. We're in it. We're in the week right now. Yeah, we are. We are in the week starting right now, and I love it. So this episode is going to drop on Tuesday, so we'll have, uh, what, four more days to Halloween. Um, so a very happy Halloween to all of our listeners. We might have a little short coming out at the end of the week, but we're not sure yet, so if we don't get to say it, happy Halloween to everybody. Okay, so this is like a big episode for us. This is a good one. This is going to be a good one. But I will say... We have, we got a little jumbled with our topics, so we're going to have some really fun topics coming out right after Halloween as well. So if you're one of the people who like to celebrate Halloween the month of November until Thanksgiving, which I am one of them, keep listening to our podcast because you are going to have some fun stuff coming your way. We do Halloween year round pretty much. That's very true. Very, very true. Um, But yeah, other than that, we got, this week's going to be a good week, I think. I agree. I think today's going to be a good day. Oh, today's the whole like already Friday. We we went to um for all of our Connecticut, Massachusetts, I guess New England people. Mm -hmm. Most people know Mm -hmm. what old Surbridge Village is in Surbridge, Mass. Yep. Um, they did like they usually do in November. They do like they have this horseman. Yes, they do like uh, the Sleepy Hollow experience, and it's like the whole story. You get to you literally live the story. You get to go to the party at the Van Tassels, then you. And at the covered bridge that they have there, and the horseman chases you out. Yeah, and it's live action, so like you follow Katrina, you follow Ichabod. Mm-hmm. It's cool, it's awesome. Uh, on Friday though, they did different stations of Edgar Allan Poe stories. 
Yeah. So it was the same idea. So it, it, there was an actor telling the story itself. We did five of those. Yep. It was, and it was awesome. Yeah. So they changed it around because of COVID, but they did a really good job with it. And it was, I mean, the actors they had portraying, like the Sleepy Hollow people were really good when they were acting. But these people, like, it's hard to do a story, I think, just when it's you with no props. Yeah. So they would come out from Old Sherbridge Village is literally a town from what the 1700s I think or yeah so it's just all like the old buildings and they have like it's a town that's they preserved since olden times pretty much so every building there I guarantee is haunted um but like a person would walk out in front of the house and then they would tell you a story um so they did the mask of red death they did the fall of the house of usher um telltale heart yep the raven the raven yeah the black cat whatever the one with the Wife murdered her husband in the when we were up at the farm. Yeah, uh, they named it too. Yeah, it was, I've read them once. It, it was, was good. It was really good because me and Ty were standing at an angle from because like the the farmhouse was a little far away from us, but we were standing at a weird angle where the lady ended the story and I think her dead husband came back for her or like a demon came back for her or something. Yeah, and so the door opens, but me and Ty were at an angle where we just saw a hand come out the door with a giant lantern, and I was like, I don't know what that looks like because we can't like directly see it, and I'm like, I'm picturing the worst thing i could ever see if he was like straight masked with his uh skull face yep that would have been awesome the only thing they were missing from because we like edgar Allan Poe stories and the only thing they were missing i think in every single like live action role that they were like the story they were telling they needed i think they needed like backup people like imagine in the house where they did the mask of red death if you saw like a demon with like a red face come up and stand in the window well they kind of did that for the fall of the house of usher yeah but that was the only one I yeah think every single station should have done that should have had something like yeah. that they should have like a giant raven for the guy or yeah or the telltale heart they should have had like oh remember because the guy like at a telltale heart is when um he was know, crazy at yeah, the end if anybody's read the story where he kills his boss or um he kills a guy the, the care or the person he's caregiving yeah and um he can just hear his heartbeat the whole time and it's like his ghost comes after him. So the guy was playing it where like he was standing in like in a doorway so you could only see him in the doorway and he got pulled by something, but it was it was to... really well done. Yeah, but it would have been sick if you got like an old hand like come out and grab him. Like, yeah. He just needed a little more zest to be like super spooky. But it was for like kids of all ages too, so if you've never uh read The Telltale Heart, then you can just watch the SpongeBob episode where Mr. Krabs by Spongebob the Squeaky Boots because it's the same <laughs> it's the exact same premise I hit it here under the four words <laughs> the squeaking of the infernal boots could the world's greatest fry cook do this well I know I don't, I don't know Spongebob <laughs> it's good <Squidward>. word <laughs> remember it's like everybody's eating lunch or dinner and it's dead silent and but you're in Mr. Krabs's head so it's going fucking nuts and he's just like stop <laughs> <laughs> he screams stop it so loud and then he's like i did it i did it and no one's asking him anything nobody could care less at that point they're like okay and then spongebob there's crabs what'd you get my boots <laughs> it's not the boots it's the booty <laughs> also nobody knows we're the biggest spongebob fans on the planet we are we were, we were gonna be between either a horror podcast or a spongebob podcast I think a SpongeBob so we're just podcast could have done so we're just combining the two right now it so well. That's so ironic, though, because Old Sturbridge Village, they do renditions of Sleepy Hollow. Exactly. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Exactly. And tonight, we're going to be discussing what? The Headless Horseman. Not of just Sleepy Hollow. I would like to add that. We're just going to be talking about the Headless Horseman folklore in general, with an emphasis on Sleepy Hollow. I also did a little bit of research. Ooh. And I have a really cool story that happened in the Hudson Valley, New York. Uh, I think it was it was pre-1750. 
pre-1750, okay. Yeah, so which is going to be before uh, yeah, so Irving. Washington Irving published the book in 1820. And there's a demon horse in this. Oh, really? Was yeah. this like a true paranormal experience, or was this just like a story that came out before then? There's a documented murder, Ooh. and locals say that the haunt in the specific area is... I'm not going to get... I don't want to give it away yet, but there's just a demon horse. I like this. It's... It's really edgy too. Ooh, <laughs> so I'm stoked with this one. But we'll talk about yeah. the Headless Horseman first. Yeah, absolutely. I can already feel like because I know it's a full moon this week on Halloween night. I can feel because when we were at Old Surbridge Village, it looked sick because it was a half moon. Um, but I can already feel like the the creepiness creeping in on me. It's like this week is gonna be nothing but good horror music. I'm talking like the Monster Mash. I'm talking Superstitious. I'm talking Thriller. I'm talking the Ice Nine Kills cover of Thriller as well. I'm talking everything. This week is just going to be... I'm going to try to do something spooky every single night just to get me in the mood. I'm definitely going to watch the Disney cartoon version of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow as well. At least three times this week. I got week. it on DVD. I'm going to watch on the big screen when I get home. <laughs> After Hell in a Cell tonight. Woo! I forgot about that. So also, we have Hell in a Cell tonight. Here we go. That's how you kick off Halloween week. Well done, WWE. But okay, let's jump into Terrytown, New York. Also, so if you ever travel to the Hudson Valley... Um, we usually come from, uh, the East coast. So we're coming from Connecticut. It's really like when you hit a point of Connecticut, when you go past like Danbury, which is one of the farthest towns, um, on the West coast of Connecticut before you cross into like the Hudson Valley area. Um, like it's weird, right? When you pass that line, it feels so unbelievably different compared to Connecticut. It's weird to say when you like cross a state line, but this feels so different. Yeah, that's like the, is it Great Plains or White Plains area? White Plains. White Plains. Disgusting. Stay out of White Plains. <laughs> but once you get through that, <laughs> yes. it's like the quintessential, what you picture, the Hudson Valley. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, I think it it's more, it's like more spooky than some parts of Massachusetts and like Connecticut in a weird, different way. Especially when you go, so the Tappan Zee, the big bridge that you cross over um, to go over the Hudson River, it's massive. It's so grand, like the span of the water and like between the two, um, like one side of the Hudson versus the other side, it's massive. And it's, it's crazy like to look at the first time you see, but where the legend of sleepy hollow takes place, um, it's in Terrytown, New York. And so Terrytown used to be one huge town and it's about, I don't even know, like what, 20 miles North of New York city, maybe. Yeah. At, uh, at most, at most, maybe it's like, maybe they'll be like 10. I don't even know. Um, but it, you don't even feel like it's not even like a city kind of life. Terrytown itself is kind of congested because like a lot of dense population there right now. It's cool because Terrytown used to be one huge town, but they split it down the middle. I forgot what year it was, but the townspeople wanted to give, um, Washington Irving the benefit of his story of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. So the Northern part of Terrytown is now called Sleepy Hollow. While the southern part is called Terrytown. Super cool town. Me and Tyler went there, I don't know, what, four years ago, five years ago or something. And we went there just to go check out the graveyard and the bridge where the story takes place and where Washington Irvin got the inspiration for the characters at the old graveyard at the old Dutch church. Super spooky graveyard. Uh, Andrew Carnegie's buried there or one of the Carnegie's buried there. There are a lot of people who are buried there. Famous people who are buried there. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people buried there. There's a ton. <laughs> like, of course there are. There, well, it's a graveyard. Yeah. There are a lot of famous people yeah. that are buried there. It was, it was such a cool experience. It really was because that's when we weren't 21 yet, were we? Uh, you might've been. Yeah. So you were 21, but we went on this super spooky scare walk and it's kind of like old Sherbridge village. They have like an old 
uh, like village there where they did like this really spooky scare walk and this thing was done to the intense remember they, there was like a human spider person crawling on the ceiling hated that actually Wait, it's very similar to, to salem i think it on is. a smaller more his, like i don't want to say more historical scale but it's it's just less touristy i think it definitely is less salem. touristy um i will say it's just a lot of people want me thinking of sleepy hall before i went i was like oh it's going to be super vast wide open like rolling hills plains and a lot of forest but it is it's just like salem where it's so condensed um there's a lot of people who live there but yeah it's super cool it's super old and you can tell probably back in the day how washington Irvin got his inspiration for this when you look at the old dutch church where the graveyard is it goes like downhill towards the river um and where the covered bridge is supposed to be you can totally picture it in your mind what it probably looked like back in like the 1800s and i was like this place is it's sweet even even back in like when i mean 2015 when we went and i was like this place is super cool yeah if you guys get a chance and check it out yep spend a weekend absolutely but i will say the headless horseman has to be me and tyler's favorite villain probably in any story i think i could ever think of the only thanos comes to mind uh, the joker comes to mind but like i'm talking halloween aspect of something even when i think of halloween i think about the headless horseman for some reason yeah, as far as like literary antagonists go, top gotta be top three. Oh yeah, gotta be top one in my opinion. But like sometimes, like so, we live in an area where it's like quintessential New England. If it's like a foggy night, or like I'm looking out on a hillside, or if a forest changes into like a pasture somewhere, I don't know why I'm picturing the headless horseman coming out of the woods right there, and I'm like, that's horrifying for one. And I was like, if he chased me somewhere, I would run so fast i would it would just be like a dust cloud i'd be like see you later i'm gonna try and do the hooves right now ready (laughs) like if you hear that and you're driving home from the bar or like you're walking home from the from wherever my eyes would be like the size of a saucer i'd be like what i would just fetal position i'm I'm done so we have chance we have to talk about real quick the disney rendition of the legend of sleepy hollow the cartoon it's all. It comes in like a DVD package with the Legend of Mr. Toad or something. They stopped making it because this <laughs> this Disney cartoon is a little raunchy for like if you're if you're a kid, it's fine. It's kind of like SpongeBob in that way where it's fine, um, except way edgier. Oh yeah, but if when you watch it as an adult, you're like, wait, are, are they saying what I think they're saying? So Ichabog is like is is a young hung buck. Is that? <laughs> They talk about how huge his feet is and like how big it like his extremities are, and then they talk about uh, like his third foot. <laughs> <laughs> I think they literally say he has shovels for feet. <laughs> oh my god! The dude's got a lap hog, but it's so well done because it it gives you like the perfect picture of I think of what Washington Irving was trying to tell you in his story. So if you've never read the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, I just want to get you up to where the horseman comes in. So I'm talking. Like, go on Spotify. They have so many good audiobooks of it with, like, different people reading it. Or just read the book. Um, So the whole thing is pretty... It's, like... I don't even want to call it three-quarters of the book. It's, like, three-quarters and a half. It's, like, right until the end. It just talks about Ichabog and his life in um, Sleepy Hollow. And what he's doing as a schoolmaster. And how he's trying to get with um katrina van tassel she is the young daughter of balthus van tassel who's like the rich guy in town who has like the biggest estate and he has like a big farm and a lot of money and 
the whole story is just him versus another guy called Abraham Van Brunt, otherwise known as Brom Bones. And Brom Bones is, he's the D-bag of the town. He's literally Thad Castle of Sleepy Hollow. He's Tyler. He's Tyler he's... Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's... you know who I compare him to is um, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, um, Gaston. Gaston, yeah. He is, so if, you, if you've ever seen Beauty and the Beast, he is like, he's Gaston. I'm pretty sure, I think... Yeah, so uh, Beauty and the Beast came out way before um, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow Disney rendition, but I think they took exact like drawings of Gaston and, and put it yeah they're right like, to the cartoon. We, we want to make him look like that, but they gave him like the because in the book he wears the um, the raccoon hat. Yeah, that's tail. right, like Davy uh, David Crockett. Yeah, exactly. So that's what Abraham Van Brunt looks like, and he's like the big ripped up guy in town, and they do this so well in the Disney rendition because he's like he's like be- like drinking an ale while he's like curling like like I don't even know what it is with a bunch of girls watching him. Um, but so they both fight at, over Katrina Van Tassel, and she's like the the hot girl in town. <laughs> Washington Irving does such a good job; just he's like plump as a partridge <laughs> in all the right places. Exactly. So he does like a really good job of that. But so getting up to where like like you read the whole story and it's fine for what it is. You're like, oh, it's like a love story. I can you can qualify like classify this whole thing as kind of like a love story for the whole beginning of it, and then it turns horror like that it's like you flip a switch and you're like okay this is actually a horror story this is weird but there are aspects of the horror genre sprinkled throughout if you're reading it like they talk about like when they go to different Iqbal goes to different get-togethers and parties and stuff and they slowly get into how haunted the area is oh right because he's like a he's a school teacher but he's also really into he's like us he's really into listening to stories about supernatural exactly I remember he talks about because it goes through a couple seasons when he's there because I remember in the wintertime he goes to like the old, um, so he teaches kids and then he goes to like the old farm wives' houses at, like in the evenings to eat and stuff because he like he wants to eat everything in this book. Um, but he they're talking about when they're like roasting apples over the fire. He talks about how in Connecticut he he's like really um, well versed on witchcraft book cotton mather Co- cotton mathers uh which salem book yeah so he's like re- he reads that like every night i guess when, yeah like before he goes to bed and stuff and like his whole thing was he wanted to one up the stories that he was hearing like when oh. they were all talking and stuff yeah he wanted to be like the spookiest person right i'm pretty sure <laughs> that's like that's us yeah that is totally us we're like a weird combination of brom bones and ichabod yep <laughs> But then, it, I think it's in October, it might even be November, but Balthus Van Tassel has this huge party at his house. Yeah, it's, it's the fall harvest, whenever that was. Yeah, so it must be. It's Halloween, this is the fall harvest. It must be October. Fall harvest. Um, even scarier. Yeah, so he goes to this really, like... Really Picture the best party, party that you've do, ever like heard. And, and I will say, the only thing that Disney um, movie, the, like the short film doesn't do as well as the book when you read the book and the short story how they describe the party it is a hundred times better than what you see in the movie but in the movie that looks like the best party i've ever seen so read the book and then you're gonna be like oh my god this party sounds banging it's like the great gatsby Mm -hmm. it's just like that there's only other one other halloween party i think i would want to go to in my life in like an animated zone and that's the one at the Krusty crab during scary pants when they're having the oh huge my God. party at oh the Krusty Krab when SpongeBob tries to be the Flying Dutchman. That party looks great. Um, but yeah, so they go to this really fun party at Balthus Van Tassel's farm. Like, they're having a good time. They're dancing and stuff. And it's Brom Bones is trying to, like, get with Katrina. Uh, Ichabod is trying to get with Katrina. Well, Ichabod, he goes for, like, 
Katrina because she gave him an invite yes. herself. So she like they were like, I'm not gonna say it together, but she he was just her plus one. Yes. So he and was the like, whole night ah. Braun was trying to so like get between them. So yeah, so Ichabod is pretty much Katrina's plus one. And you can tell like throughout the whole story how much Ichabod's like into the supernatural because it he like likes it, but you can tell how frightened he actually is by it when people I don't want to say take it too far, but he like gets inside his own mind a lot. Yeah, if you have an overactive imagination like myself, mm. if you put yourself in a situation that isn't scary, you make it scary. Like what? it's a it's a blessing and it's a curse. Like it's really fun, and like if you're good at um, like making movies and writing and poems and stuff, that's awesome. But it's also really scary if you wake up at two a.m. like two in the morning, you're not going back to bed. Exactly, and I think that. They, they talk about this really well when Ichabod's alone. Like, he has fun, which I think I'm the same way. You have fun with people when you tell ghost stories, and you're like, ooh, this is fun. The second you have to... I've never had to, like, walk home, at least since I was, like, little, but, like, the second you're alone in your room in the middle of the night, you're like, okay, <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. It was fun at, like, 7.30. It's, like, getting close to midnight. This isn't fun anymore. So, ooh, what do you got there, Ty? Oh. What a clean crack, too. I got a uh, low-carbohydrate Michelob tonight. Ooh. Hey, Mick. Thank you. We're still waiting on that sponsor, buddy. Thanks, Mick. <laughs> what do you think... Do you think Ichabod was drunk at the party? No, because remember, they talk about... This was a great thing that um, Washington Irving talks about. He says, Ichabod's spirit increases when eating, as some men do with drink. So he gets, like, hot, he gets, like drunk off food. But I bet you... My next question was Brom Bones hammered. <laughs> you know who's hammered? Balthus Van Tassel. That dude was just slugging on f***ing ales and porters. And then I bet you he was just smoking a huge pipe. <laughs> but I bet you everybody there was plastered. I bet you Ichabod had a couple bevs. He was like, he was feeling really good. And then it talks about how people were having a great time at the party. And then when it got to, I think it was the midnight hour or around um, 11 o'clock. Balthus Van Tassel loves to hear ghost stories, especially during the fall harvest. So everybody was telling their best ghost stories they could think of. And Ichabod was enjoying himself. He was like having fun. And Brom Bones noticed that he was there for Katrina. So Brom Bones wanted to scare Ichabod very bad to make him look like a fool. So he tells the story of the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow. And so I would like to... Before we jump into the Sleepy Hollow, Headless Horseman, there's folklore that dates back to the 1600s of a headless rider on horseback in many different uh, cultures. So you, you can tell that even though Washington Irvin has the best rendition of this character, the most famous one, he had this inspiration from somewhere else. So there's like, there's two of them that I really wanted to touch upon that I think would kind of give everybody a cool little background of like where this rider came from. So it's it's very big in Scotland, Ireland, and Germany. And this was in the 1600s. And everybody knows, probably knows the Brothers Grimm. We talked about them before. And they kind of gave the original fairy tales and the original, like, tall tales that all Disney took and made it, like, fun. But they used to be very spooky. So the Brothers Grimm, they were from Germany. And I think the one of the most original renditions of the Headless Horseman was of a woman who at a riverside collecting acorns um and she uses them and walnuts to cook and stuff and she's at the riverside and a ghostly rider on horseback without a head comes near her it stops at the river and the horse takes a drink 
and she notices that the body turns to her without a head and it looks at her, but she can't see a head. And then this, uh, I forgot what to call when the horse comes up on his back feet. Na- uh, not nays. I was going to say reels. Uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> when the horse goes up on two feet. Yep. and <laughs> Two legs. Then it stops and it goes back into the woods. And there, there's a short story, Brother, Brothers Grimm, who talks about this. But then there's other people who took kind of that rendition. And there's one in Ireland. It's called The Headless Horseman and Charlie Colnan. This is a story that's very popular in Ireland. And this one's cool because... This guy, um, Charlie Coleman, um, he's riding home through the Irish countryside. It's kind of like Ichabod, how he has to go home. But the way that this headless horseman is different. So he he meets an apparition on horseback without a head. But he's having like a lot of problems in his life. And um, in Celtic folklore, I guess you can make deals with people. So this headless rider gives him, I don't want to call it like supernatural abilities, but it gives him like kind of magical powers. And it kind of like converses with him and talks with him. He, he gets like these supernatural powers that can help him in life. So this is like a cool rendition of the Headless Horseman where he's not like terrifyingly evil. Like you can make a deal with him. But I feel like I didn't I didn't read fully on this, but I guess uh, it goes bad at some point. And if you make a deal like in any type of folk- folklore, if you make a deal with the devil or you make a deal with the demon, if it go- it's going to go south at some point. Always negative. You can't always get those like magical powers without some sort of retribution. Kind of. Which is always worse than if you were not going to make the deal in the first place. Exactly. So that's a big one that's in Ireland. Um, And then I'll touch upon the one in Germany real quick, because this is probably like one of the more famous ones. It's called the Wild Huntsman. And this is different from the Wild Hunt of like, it's kind of like the same deal where you have horseback riders coming in through a storm. Um, When a storm rolls in, horseback riders come to take your soul. That's the Wild Hunt. Um, but the Wild Huntsman, this one's very popular in Germany, and this is of a rider on horseback without a head, and he rides the wind. So people think in Germany when you have like a really bad windstorm, this is the Wild Huntsman coming through your town, and an apparition on horseback, you could see him riding through the town at certain times when it's like super windy and super stormy out. The best one, though, in my opinion, is called, um, I might butcher this, but it's called the Dullahan. And it's in Scotland, um, and also it's very popular folklore in Ireland. So the Dullahan is, I think he's more of the quintessential headless horseman. So he is a, a rider on horseback without a head. But the way he differs from the headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow and these other horsemen is he actually carries his head with him. And there's two renditions where he carries it under its arm and he rides um, his steed with one, one hand. When he holds onto the reins or he rides his steed with two hands and he keeps his head between his legs as he's riding. And this story is really cool because in Scotland and Ireland, they're very big believers in fairies. And that sounds stupid. That sounds like, oh, like Tinkerbell. But they believe a lot of apparitions and ghostly figures are considered fairies. And they consider the Dullahan a fairy. And what makes him very spooky is... He doesn't like people and he doesn't like when you look at him because you can tell he doesn't have a head. So people claim that they've seen this apparition on horseback and his head is decaying so much it gives off a phosphoric glow as it decays. So they say his head glows, but he's dressed all in black. So you can you can see his head from far away, which they which I think this is where Washington Irving probably took it from because 
the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, as we'll talk about in a second, he carries a pumpkin that glows. But so the Dullahan carries a head that kind of glows with phosphoric essence because it's decaying so much. And my favorite part of this whole f***ing story is he hates when people look at him and they notice, oh my god, he doesn't have a head. So he carries with him, I don't know if it's on the back of the horse or he keeps it on like in one of the, um, like hanging off his horse as he rides, a giant bucket of blood. And if you stand there and he stops his horse and he's like walking by you and you stare at him for too long, he takes the bucket of blood and f***ing throws it on you. No shot. Oh, that's, that's why I love this. I might, I don't like it as much as Sleepy Hollow because it's not as spooky, but it's so funny that he's like, eh, f*** you, you're getting a bucket of blood. That might be worse than getting a giant pumpkin thrown at you. Exactly. Or like a broadsword through your head. But I think it's important to know that like a lot of these, they all have the same background. It's a headless rider. Some of them are like they have, I want to say bad attitudes. But it's not like any of them are coming after you to take your head because they need a new head. It's more of like they know they don't have a head or this guy, he carries his head because he can't reattach it to his body. So he already knows, okay, even if I had a head, I can't do anything. But that's why the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow is so scary. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think that's why the Washington Irving version is so cool. Is it's you turned it from a like a, a more apathetic antagonist to a straight villain. Yeah. Someone who's after you. And I think that's why his short story has done so well, because people like the scary factor of it that these other ones, yeah, Headless Rider on horseback, it's terrifying. But he's not coming after you because he needs a head. That's so fucking scary. Um so jumping back into the actual legend of Sleepy Hollow. After Ichabod leaves the Van Tassel's house and he hears the story of the Headless Horseman from Brom Bones, Brom Bones tells like this huge elaborate story of how he had to, there's a, what is it? It's a a Hessian? A Hessian soldier. So So he's a German guy. Yeah. So the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow was known to be a Hessian soldier in uh, the revolution in some unknown like battle that took place in the Hudson Valley. And... The Germans sent over um, Hessian troopers who were like, these guys were known to kill. These guys were known to be like the leaders of uh, the British. Yeah, the British, they paid them a ton of money to come over and use their like their professionalism just to get their ranks against the, the U.S. a little bit more. Like solid, exactly. And you can. But see these that. guys are ruthless. Yeah, you can see that because that's the one reason we won the war because we used guerrilla tactics and militiamen who like knew the area and the British were more professional, like marching in lines. And these Hessian troopers were a big reason for that because they knew professionalism with enough numbers could win the war. Yeah, it was like war of attrition. Exactly. But we ended up winning. Well, Go us. Well done, us. Although now we have a headless horseman as a villain, so <laughs> I'm not sure who the real winner is. So they say in this unknown battle in the revolution, um, a cannonball took off a Hessian trooper's head and his head flew across the battlefield and you saw it was just a headless rider on horseback after his head got taken off from this cannonball. And we need to, actually we can touch upon it at the end, I'll talk about it at the end. But So after Ichabod leaves the party and he hears how Brom Bones raced this headless trooper through the countryside, Brom Bones, like he was telling this whole story, how it was a giant black steed and uh, a Hessian trooper on horseback who uh, tried to take his head and they both raced each other 
And, of course, Ron Bones wins the race because he's the biggest badass in the, in the fucking village. What a stud. Yeah, but he, once he makes it to the covered bridge at the old Dutch church, the there's a couple ways that people talk about the story. Some say that the horseman just disappears, and others say he bursts into flames right before he crosses that bridge. And it's cool if you go to Sleepy Hollow, they have, like, a big plaque where the bridge is. And it's not, the bridge is like what? Like okay. picture, it's like, I, it's like two steps, the bridge. Like. Yeah, you guys are picturing like a covered bridge. Mm-mm. It's not even covered. It's not even covered. And it's like paved over. So I hated that part. Yeah, that sucked. And they're just, it's like two lanes of cars going over. And I'm like, this is, this is not it. This is stupid. But you could tell, like you could tell back in the day, if it was a covered bridge, how cool it would look if you looked at it from the top of the church, like up on the hill. How the church would be there and the covered bridge would be like right next to it. And which which it is. Yeah, I can see him racing downhill past the church. And once you go through that bridge, you're safe and the headless horseman can't get you and he bursts into flames. What was Brom's uh, horse's name? I know Ichabod's was Gunpowder. Yep, so Ichabod got his horse from, I looked up his name the other day, the old farmer that he works for. It's he, Van something, right? Yeah. Because it was all, everyone was Van something back then. It's this old guy who... And he hates everybody. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's awesome. Ichabod does work for him. At, like, he bails hay for him. And he's like, yeah, you can take you can take my steed gunpowder. He used to be this, like, badass horse back in the day. Um, but he turns into this old, like, mule who, like, can't even walk, really. Um, but no, Bron Bones' horse's name is Daredevil. 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 That's what his name is. So he took Daredevil, and that's who he was uh, riding against the horseman with. Yeah, he raced the horseman when he was on Daredevil. After, this, after he tells a story at um fantastic's party you could tell like at every point in a party it's so much fun this happens at every party you go to if you stay late enough every party's so much fun but it hits a point where everybody's like all right it's time to head home or all right it's time to go to bed and things like the whole essence of the party just kind of dies and you're like okay whatever so ichabod sadly he's like us out there does not get to stay the night with katrina he tries his hardest to get her and stay over but she like she's I feel like she's doing it on purpose. She's like, oh, she's like, I'll see you later on or whatever. What a straight squid. Oh, she sucks. Um No, but, no, not her. It's Ichabod. Oh. <laughs> he should have he should have done a little bit more. Should have tried a little bit harder. Should have a cutoff. A couple body shots at the party. Oh my god. Of nice porter ale and nice piece of pumpkin pie as well. I bet they had hard stuff back then. Mm. Yeah, but whiskey. They probably they probably had uh Brandy or Brandy rum, maybe. But yeah. Um so when he, he has to leave the party. And he, Brom Bones was, in his story, he says that the, the horseman will be down in the hollow waiting for anybody who comes home through the woods. And Ichabod, having to take gunpowder, has to head back all the way through the woods. It's a long journey back um, to the schoolhouse where he's staying. So I think the most important part to remember about this is at any party, like communally, people don't just leave. Right. People people filter. People filter. They did it last night. People they, yeah. came in and then a couple of people left at a time. This happened at Van Tassel's. So the scariest part to me was in the book, Ichabod stayed around to wait for Katrina, like to see if he was going to maybe get laid that night, which Ooh. I'll be real. I would have done the same thing. Oh, I'd be like, yeah, man, a couple more pieces of pie. He'll sit by the fire. But he waited a long time. So that implies that he was probably the last person to leave the Van Tassel's um, yeah. farmhouse. And you have to think when... The ghost stories started to happen. Baltus Van Tassel doesn't like to hear the stories until late at night. So you got to think between maybe like they started the stories 1130 midnight, maybe. And they stopped around 230 earliest. Yeah. And I bet you hung around for another hour just like trying to flirt with her. Yeah. So it was in the witching hour when that dude tried to head through the hollow to get home. And you could only imagine how 
he was feeling when he was thinking about because he loved Cotton Mather's book about witches and witchcraft and spirits and ghosts and demons. He was probably letting that race through his mind the whole ride home. And in the book, they do this very cool. He he gets on gunpowder and he heads down through the hollow. And his mind, you can tell his mind's racing, he's freaking out. And this is where it turns into a horror story. So he looks, I remember in the book, he looks through a couple trees in the woods and he sees a black mass. And he's like, oh, said, oh, that kind of looks like a horse. And he's like, oh, no, you're just being, you're being crazy. But it moves. And you see, like, it has, like, the motion of a horse with a rider on the back of it. It moves through the woods and comes closer to him. And Ichabod realizes that it's a headless rider on horseback chasing him. So knowing the story, he races gunpowder. He tries to get that horse moving as fast as he can because the horseman has a broadsword and he's trying to take off Ichabod's head. He races through the woods as fast as he can. He, fi- he, he doesn't think he's going to make it, so he gets to the covered bridge. He passes the covered bridge. Oh, I'm safe. Then the horse, I forgot, we don't even know what it's called, but it goes up on its back legs and the headless horseman is holding a flaming pumpkin in his hand and throws it at Ichabod. Hits him. And that's where that section of the story ends. So you don't know what happens to him. And then it like goes forward a little bit in time in the book. And it talks about how nobody could find, they could only find the pumpkin shattered remains. And I think his hat. And his hat. And Ichabod was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right by the river. They found both of those things. Yep. So they don't know if he, people say he moved to a different town because he was so scared of what happened. Or some people said the horseman got him and killed him. Or they say the horseman took him into like yeah. the afterlife. Yep. Which is horrifying to think about that ride and the worst thing you could ever imagine shows up. Or it was Brom Bones and he... Tyler has a very, very awesome theory of what happens in the woods. So people think it's Brom Bones because he rides Daredevil's a giant black steed and Brom Bones is a big guy and the Headless Horseman is known to be like six foot eight and a giant rider who rides a black steed. So everybody says it's Brom Bones in the woods scaring the f- out of Ichabod before he goes back to Van Tassel to try to get a late night lay. So Brom left the party before Ichabod. This is your theory? Yeah, this is this is what I think happened. And um hold on a second. <laughs> this is it blows it blows my mind every time I hear this because this is my favorite story and this is the coolest theory. I should have wrote this book. You should have. So I like Brom definitely leaves the story before uh, the story. The party before Ichabod because Ichabod's the one that just stays around for Katrina. So I think what happened was Brom goes out, he gets dressed up as the horseman, he's on Daredevil. I don't know where he would be in relation to the hollow. There are different haunts on the way. Remember they they talk about there's like a, a hanging tree about a woman who died. Yep, and the the high German priest doctor who cursed the entire land. The whole land, yep. yep. A lady who um died of exposure. Yep, and they and, talk about uh comets are very frequent there. Yeah. They think it's like I don't want to call it alien, but they kinda hint at it. it's like aliens. Just weird shit yeah. all over. So I don't know where he goes specifically, but I think he goes Brom goes somewhere, he's dressed up, he's on Daredevil, he's waiting for Ichabod, and then I think Brom gets scared. I think Brom gets like he he's just there too long mm-hmm. and he's or or he sees something or he hears something and he's like this i'm gone can you imagine like being in the middle of the woods we've had woods before where coyotes circle you um but can you imagine like sitting in the woods on daredevil and you hear a horse walking like circles like a great white shark around you that's what i think like and you're like the horseman's actually here like i don't know what that is yeah 
So I think he was waiting. He got scared. He was mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. So then I think that Ichabod really meets the the Hessian ghost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, which so is spooky. which is so scary. Oh, that's terrifying. Because you like if you you know it'd be so cool if you wrote a story in Brahms perspective. Oh. So like if you left the party and then in your head you're like slowly starting to go not crazy but like you're slow like you have a bravado on you're like I'm. I'm the biggest, toughest guy here, but and now you're he's alone. Probably, he's probably got, like, a cool buzz going. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to get Katrina very confident yep. leaving. I'm going to scare the piss out of this guy. And then you start to deteriorate. Yeah. It's just slowly. That would be so cool. All right. So I have a question for you. Yeah, bring it up. What do you think happened to Ichabod? What is your opinion? So I think the real, how this horseman got him. You think he killed him? Yeah. I think, like I said, I think Brown was going to do it and just spook him. Yep. Just to get him out of there or just to make him look like an idiot. So I could brag, and then I think the real one came came by. So I people say that Ichabod moved to a different section of the state, or they he moved to, uh, back to Connecticut because people would say they used to see Ichabod Ichabod with a new woman, and he started a family. They were like, "Oh, it's him. He's back in Connecticut." And that would like circle through New England and be like, "Oh, he he's fine." But I think people saw somebody who looked like him wasn't him, and they were like, "Okay." Ichabod's fine because they didn't want to deal with the psychological torment that he actually got taken away by a Hessian trooper without a head. So I think the Headless Horseman, in fact, killed All right, so Ichabod Crane. We both agree on that. Yep. And I like the fact that Washington Irving leaves it up to you in the book. Yeah. He's like, he does. There's no definitive answer. Yeah. But then, because then he's like, I remember he's like, people see him in Connecticut, but also he's like, some still say that a Headless Horseman travels through the countryside to this day searching for a head. And I'm like, oh my God. I love this story. It is, it is, this is, this is Halloween, the best of Halloween. It is. It really is good. And it's really short. And if you pick up like a hard copy of like a hardcover book of this, hold on to that bad boy because it could be worth a lot of money one day of it. Yeah. You can also read this. It's not long at all. No, I listened to some, I'll listen to it this week. I listened to it two weeks ago, but they have a, they have a cool um, podcast online where they just, it's an audio book on Spotify. It's really well done. The guy's voice is like really cool and it takes you maybe two hours to get through the whole thing. Yeah. So if you're just bored at work, type it on the computer or you're like just popping your headphones and it gets so good. You're like, you don't want to stop listening to it because it, it's so well done. Yeah. The whole point is if you've never read it or listened to it, then do that by Saturday. There is a f***ing reason that this is our favorite antagonist of all time. There's a reason we're doing this six days before Halloween. Absolutely. This is just Halloween personified. Uh, there's also a really sweet story. So the Hudson Valley itself, it's just riddled with lore. There was a really cool book on it. I, I want to order. Um, but one of the stories in here, I think is what inspired Irving too, because this was pre when he wrote, uh, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. 1820. Yeah. So this happened. This is this quote unquote story that I'm going to, I'm going to tell happened pre 1755. Okay. So it's a really short one. But the similarity between it and Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. uh, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, it's it's pretty significant. It's weird that it happened in the same area. Yeah, so this happened in <laughs> Cox Sackle, New York, <laughs> which is which you grow up, which yeah. is in this is where Ichabod's probably from. <laughs> he's, uh, he's fucking hanging from Laphog, New York. <laughs> so it's which is in the Hudson Valley. Um, there was a guy. Was Cocksuckle? <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy his name was william salisbury okay okay he acquired a slave a servant gotcha. uh her name was 
Anna Dorothea Swartz. And it doesn't, this is why this is creepy, because it doesn't go into the relationship between the two. But after he acquired her, that year, he tied her to his horse and dragged her to death. So, like, I have no idea why he did it, what she did, if he was just fucked in the head, if a a demon in the area made him do it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that happened, it just says before 1755, there's no legitimate year. This is a real story? Yeah. That's scary. That's, like... Terrifying. That's a bad way. That's got to be, like, one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. That's, like... so long to die. That's, like, what the cartel used to do in, like, the 70s. They tie people to cars. You have to hit your head, like, on a rock. Yeah. Or you just can skin alive. Like, can you imagine on cobblestone... Or and it's, it's like not a, quick at all. A dirt road, too, where it's like... That would be brutal. In 1824, uh, an editor from New York City... So this is kind of like what happened in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the movie, mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp. Um, he went to the area because he heard about hauntings in the area itself. And he said in a related newspaper article... So this is the quote. Sometimes you could hear sighs and lamentations... And they were heard in the air, like the plaintiveness of the soft whistling wind. You could see a white horse of gigantic size with fiery eyeballs and distended nostrils was seen to run past the fatal spot where Anna died, which is absolutely terrifying. At other times, the horse itself would appear to drag a hideous skeleton clattering after him, half enveloped in a uh, winding sheet. That's terrifying. So if you just go into that and you compare the two stories. That, that rider wasn't headless, right? No. Did the people see a rider on the horse or was it just a horse? Like a black figure. Oh, so I'm thinking just like, uh, like if you see an apparition and it's just a foggy kind of. Yeah. You can't, you can't make a, like. It could details. have a head. Could not have a head. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what that is, but it's a human figure. But like the demon horse, the fiery eyes. The horse of gigantic size in the same area. Mm-hmm. It, there's just coincidences piling up. You know what scares me about that? Maybe this dude got, I want to say possessed, or maybe he was just such a bad person. After he did this act, he this guy turned into the horseman. Yeah, that's what I was and thinking, too. He, this guy is the person you see going through the countryside in Sleepy Hollow. Like, that was his first kill. That was his first one. That's even more scary, because I picture The Conjuring when the, when the possession scene with the lady with the sheet over her. Yeah. That... Somebody dragging a body and a sheet behind a horse. And the, and he said that you could see a skeleton in, like in the sheet. So part of it was torn. That's okay. That So it makes me think of a residual haunting where this thing keeps repeating, repeating, over repeating, and over and over. And the body starts to decay and decay and decay and turn, it just turns into a skeleton. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is the Hudson Valley is just riddled with this stuff. The whole of New England is. Right. That's and, why it's it's such a cool area. Yeah. I think the Hudson Valley is a cool one. There's a lot of folklore in New York. Um because New York's such a big state, and it has, it, I think it has a little bit more than Connecticut at some points. Um, like the like episode on the Pigman, that's like one that I didn't even know about before we did. Right. Um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow is probably the most famous one, but I bet you there's a ton in Albany. There's probably, like, New York City is haunted as f***ing, like, all the high-rises there, and, like, some of the older buildings in New York City is so haunted. Yeah, and, we didn't even touch on that. This is, like, upstate, well, this is an upstate, but it's, it's up, upper state than New York City. So do you, do you think that, Talking about Halloween itself, do you think the Headless Horseman encompasses Halloween as a whole? As like, if you had to pick one villain to encompass Halloween, you side more to like Michael Myers, you side more to Freddy Krueger, or you think of more like a literary folklore type of legend like the Headless Horseman or Halloween his historic. So I'd have to go with the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. 
very nice. Like it is a, like a two hundred year old story. Yeah, Michael Myers came around the past fifty years. Awesome villain. Agree. I agree with that. Same with Jason. Same with Freddy. Same with Pennywise. Yep. But I'm gonna go with the headless horseman. And I think all of those villains are timeless. Like hundred years, two hundred years from now, I'm gonna be like, yep, they were good ones. But headless horseman is almost two hundred years old, or two hundred years old now. Since yeah. Published this year, it was two hundred years this year. <laughs> Dude, 2020 is just throwing us <laughs> f***ing lefts and rights. This is how the world, this is how 2020 is going to end. The horseman's going to come through. He's actually the horseman of death. Yeah, I bet you if you go to Sleepy Hollow, I yeah. bet you every night you'll see him just <laughs> f***ing gone. But one, like, one of the best villains in my opinion. And we have to touch upon the fact because I know our buddy Tim Bouchard says it all the time. And I always believe him every time he says it. When people think about Bing Crosby... You're thinking about, or you're thinking about Christmas, but there's a song in um, the Walt Disney version of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow that bangs. It is so good and so well written, and Bing Crosby does the same because he voices Brom Bones. Look it up on YouTube, cause it, like on Halloween night or if, after you finish this podcast, look it up because it's like two minutes long. When you're getting ready to go out on Saturday or to go to whatever party you're going to or just to go to like the kitchen to do your dance party put that on just start to start every night with it you'll be like okay you'll be like three beers deep by by the time it's over and you'll be like oh shit, it's been two minutes when the spooks have a midnight jamboree we get off with the fiendish glean ghosts are bad but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman he's the worst look out beware he rides alone <laughs> With a hip hip and a clippity clop, he's out looking for a head to chop. Don't try to figure out a plan, cause you can't reason with a headless man. Well, I'm getting out of here. <laughs>